The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network? One on one conversations with some of your favorite artists. Find this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Spreaker.com. What else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network? Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that at least can usually. <laughs> It's Sifpa. Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live most weekends or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. (laughs) I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and Madam, he's not Adam. It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen. Good to see you, man. Hello. Each week we'll chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And hello to the listeners and the viewers. One and all, welcome to a new episode of Sif Pop. Uh, we're going to have a fun time talking about a couple of uh, actual new movies that have come out in different ways. Uh, one of them being Tenet and the other being Mulan. We've, of course, also got our buried treasure and all the fun stuff that we will continue to do. Welcome to everybody who is watching or listening live. Uh, already throwing in some questions. Uh, Jay asks, will you guys be reviewing I'm Thinking of Ending Things at some point? And uh, the answer to that question is, yeah, I, I think we will. Uh, it just came out this weekend, so it'll either be next weekend or maybe in like a, a member's pre-show or something like that, but we'll probably talk about it at some point, uh, maybe in a buried treasure uh, even. But as a huge Charlie mm-hmm. Kaufman fan, uh, I'm sure we'll be checking that one out. Uh, Laura says hello. Hello, uh, Laura. Uh, excuse me, Lauren uh, says hello. Hello, Lauren. Good to see you hanging out with us. And uh, to all the others uh, who are joining us live, it's kind of a fun experience, huh, Andrew, to kind of feel like we've got people hanging out <laughs> yeah. with us, talking movies, all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, we uh, we definitely took a hit, <clears throat> a hit when the whole pandemic started as far as like being able to communicate and converse with the fans and stuff. But now that we're doing live videos again, you know, that it's coming back and, you know, it's feeling more like the community getting together and, you know, I'm loving it. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. In fact, my mom's in the chat. Uh, just said your mom's listening. Just a warning. So I'm not sure what that what the warning is. But uh, but hey, mom, I waved. Yeah. I waved. Uh, we are excited to get into this show. I don't know that we need to wait any longer. Uh, I will say this even before we get into the review, just so you know, especially with a a, a Nolan film, we want to be clear, we will not be spoiling it during 
this live show. We will record a spoilers episode that will show up in the podcast feed. So if you solely watch on YouTube, Twitch, uh, or uh, Periscope, uh, and you want to know our spoiler thoughts on Tenant, uh, you will need to subscribe to the podcast. Again, it's just Sifpop, S-I-F-T-P-O-P, to do that. Uh, Or you can become a Sifpop member uh, and get it there in your feed as well. It works that way too. So either way works. Uh, But just wanted to give you a heads up. We will not be spoiling this during the show today. We will do a separate recording of the spoilers. It's just how we like to do it. Uh, You ready to get into this, Andrew? Oh, let's do it. All right, let's talk about Tenet. We're trying to prevent World War III. I'm not saying I'm again here. No. Something worse. I gather you have an interest in a certain Russian national. Mike, bring me in. You really want to know? He can communicate with the future. Time travel? No. Inversion. Name it and pull the trigger. Armed with just one word, tenet. Tenet, not tenet, just in case, you know, I wasn't clear. And fighting for the survival of the entire world, the protagonist journeys through a twilight world of international espionage on a mission that will unfold in something beyond real time that's an interesting way to put it uh tenant is christopher nolan's film who uh, apparently has wanted this to usher back in the theater going experience he is very much a a movie theater big screen kind of guy he's also a film guy he doesn't you know like digital he wants it on celluloid all that kind of fun stuff it's an imax theaters and regular theaters and despite my general disagreement with Christopher Nolan on the film versus digital thing. Uh, I do generally love his movies. So I'm excited to talk about this one. Andrew, what did you think? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Uh, probably no surprise. I loved it. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't put it up there with the uh, what I consider the highest echelon of Nolan films, but I definitely love this one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with uh, Loved It as well. And I, it's interesting because I was talking with somebody else about this. And with Nolan films, when you've only seen them once, you kind, the grade is almost an incomplete, right? Like when you, Oh, you've we, only seen it once? Yes. Oh, have you seen it more okay. than once? I've seen it twice. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, that'll that'll yeah. be helpful, especially for the spoiler discussion. But it's mm-hmm. almost like an... Oh, I, would, I wouldn't count on that. <laughs> <laughs> no, Andrew, I am counting on you to explain it all to me. But I think this, right. is, this is the important thing to, to bring up first when it comes to especially Nolan movies like he's made recently is I don't think they are comprehensible the first time through. And that is not a great feeling all of the time. I mean, confusion is not a fun feeling. And I was definitely confused through some of this. And it's not helped by the fact that for whatever reason, uh, Nolan has decided that dialogue is not an important thing to be clearly understood. And it's just muffled and almost, uh, you know, uh, inaudible in ta- at times. Uh, that's not the right word because it's not too quiet. It's just indistinguishable what they're saying sometimes. Yeah. And uh, and so because of those two things, I came away from my first experience going, I think I love it, but I kind of need to go yeah. back and watch it again to really make sure I understand what's going on. Was it a, generally the same experience for you? 
Uh, yeah, uh, I think that I'm pretty much going to echo a lot of what you just said. I think that Nolan likes to have uh, some thought-provoking movies that really uh, push your understanding of what reality is, particularly in all of his movies. You look at, like, uh, Inception, Interstellar, even, you know, Prestige or Memento. You know, there's there's an element to them of you're like, okay, I think I understand what's going on here. I'll under, I'll get a... I'll definitely understand it on a second viewing. With this one, however, I think he's pushing that so far to where even after a second viewing, I'm like, uh, I don't know if I really <laughs> understand what's going on with this one. That's a negative for me, you know, because I think that even the first time I saw Inception or Interstellar, there was a lot of like high caliber thinking or, you know, theoretical things going on. But I... I understood what was trying to be said. I didn't, you know, it wasn't like I, I was following step by step, but I understood what the movie was trying to do. There are parts in this movie I'm just like, I, I, I have no idea what's going on. It looks beautiful. I don't know how they did the thing, film the things they did, but it's like, I'm going to have to watch this like three or four times. And that's yeah. actually a negative for me. I, I I go back and forth, honestly, as to whether or not it's a negative. Um, and the reason is because it depends on if you view your experience as an artistic experience or as a storytelling experience, right? Because yeah. if you view it as a storytelling experience, which movies are supposed to be, I think it is a negative because it impacts your ability on one time through to really understand the story and to really buy into what's going on. If you look at it as an artistic experience, well, art is meant to be revisited. It's meant to be to um, to reveal itself to you in multiple viewings. It's meant to be allegorical. It's meant to you know to be all these things that that, that Nolan movies tend to be. Um, and I and I do think he he walks that balance fairly well. But I feel like recently he has been off balance towards the artistic side to the detriment of the storytelling side and so i i do go back and forth as to whether or not i count that against the movie i think for what we're doing today where we're reviewing this movie where we're letting people know our thoughts where we're having a conversation about this mu movie i think it has to be a negative i, I don't think there's any other choice uh yeah. if a movie leaves you confused that's a negative thing if if you come away going i didn't understand what they said th that's a negative thing um so so yes, for today's conversation, uh, I think that that affects you know me being on the low side of loved it if it's going to affect my grade, right? Yeah, but I don't want it to come across that I was like, oh great, I got to go see Tenet again. Like I was, I was like, oh, I get to go see Tenet again. Okay, you know, <laughs> yes. it's like yeah, uh, because there's that's like really my only negative for this movie. Well, no, I have one other negative, but other than that, it's like. Yeah, the rest of this is like, here's the thing with the Christopher Nolan movie. When you sit down and the movie starts, it's somehow it's I don't know if it's Zimmer's score or the way he shoots movies or the combination of both. But you feel a scale to these movies, even from the beginning of this one. You feel like I, I, I am watching something bigger than what I am used to seeing recently, you know, like. You can mm -hmm. go see like a high budget action film or whatever, but like when you sit down to watch a Nolan film, you feel it. You feel like an all encompassing like focus of like what's going on. Like I have to notice everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I don't think that there's many directors out there like that. 
that truly I, I appreciate like making a scale like a movie feel bigger than what it really is. Yeah, it is it is a an experience unlike what you'll get from most other movies and I think that is worth talking about and it is not only that but for me an experience that I love. I, I love the way Nolan's brain works. I have always had this predilection towards um, I, I was going to say deep thinking, but it's more intricate thinking, right? It's more this idea that that you think about how things uh, work in a way that is uh, outside of the normal paradigm. I think of Escher is really great at this, right? Like a lot of Escher's drawings or paintings oh, yeah. have, you know, the idea of the hand drawing the other hand and how that intricately makes you think of that process or the, uh, the, the rising staircase, how it's always going up. How is that possible? You know, that kind of thing. I yeah. think Nolan makes you know, Escher painting movies. And we mentioned Charlie Kaufman earlier. He's the other one that, that dabbles in this. These are the two guys that I look at, the two directors that I look at and go, oh, you're tweaking something in my brain that I love to think about. And it's just the meta-ness of it, the way you think about time. Obviously, Nolan's thing for his entire career has been dealing with time uh, and how time runs and how it works. And then you start dealing with issues that I love to think about, like free will versus determinism and how those play together and can they play nice together. And so all of that stuff is in this movie. And for that above any other reason, I'm just going to love it because I love thinking about that stuff. Then you add to that incredible action shots. There's one moment in this movie and I won't spoil it, but there's one moment towards the end of this movie uh, that involves, uh, I'm just gonna say a building. That's as much as I'm going to spoil it. It just involves a building and it is, I've never seen anything like it on screen. I've never even considered seeing anything like it on screen, and it blew my mind. And it, and it just how I mean, how they do that? Yeah, and I'm and just not going to get that from most other movies. And so, yes, I loved it. Even coming away from it confused, I can say I loved it because, like you said, I definitely want to see it again. And I and I have this sneaking suspicion after I've seen it, you know, five to ten to a hundred times. Uh, that that I, my grade will go up. I have a sneaking suspicion that Nolan has done the homework and yeah. that it's all going to click at some point because that's how I felt about Dunkirk. Honestly, Dunkirk was confusing to me the first time through too. And then the second time I saw it, I understood a little more. And then the third time I saw it, I saw how the different segments related even better. Um, and so I just, I just think his movies are meant to not be totally understood on the first time through. And I guess yeah. that's okay if that's the artist you want to be. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I want to throw out my last negative before I just gush all over this movie. <laughs> yeah, do it. Do it. Let's get the negatives um, out of the way. I honestly think the first like 30 minutes of this movie are pretty rushed and even him hawed a bit. Like, hmm. to get to, like, I guess you could say the meat and potatoes of the movie. I, the first, like, s- the first scene is great. I loved it. It was so much fun. But after that, there's like, 20 minutes of just like rush 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 like trying to get to the movie i'm like slow down this is the part that's trying to help me understand the movie you know <laughs> yeah yeah so uh even on my second viewing i'm like oh man you're go you, this is way too fast i know the movie's already really long but and i don't think that you could really cut anything else from the movie but i'd take an even longer movie if you just made that those 20 minutes like even 30 minutes, you know? Yeah, I uh, I don't agree with you 100% in that I didn't feel it. Um, I understand what mm. you're saying, 
but I didn't feel that in watching it. I, I never felt like something was too rushed, and I never felt like something was too slow in this movie either. I thought this movie was really well-paced as far as my interest in it. I always felt like I had something to think about, and uh, and maybe what you're saying is during that time, you were trying to process things, but it was it was moving too fast to really kind of understand what was going on. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, I, I get that. I understand that, um, but it's not something I experienced. So it's something I could pay attention uh, next time I, I view it. I, yeah. I really didn't have, other than the confusion, I honestly don't have any negatives even worth talking about. And no, maybe, let's get into it, man. There, let's the, get into it. There may be a moment here or there that I go, eh, that could have been a little bit better, but I mean, it's minute. Um, let's start with the performances. I think oh, they're yeah. astonishing all the way down the line. I think our main four, I'm going to throw um, Brana in there, and I want to I talk about him specifically after our main three. Um, but yeah. I think I, I enjoyed all four of those performances, specifically Robert Pattinson is so yeah. good in this. John David Washington is so good. Elizabeth Debicki is so great and also allowed yeah. to be tall in this movie. Thank you, movie. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. it, it, it's just, it's so beautiful that I think they're finally letting go of some of these aesthetic things that movies have done forever, where the leading man has to be taller than the leading woman. And so they stand on boxes and, you know, shoot yeah. from different angles and all that kind of stuff. Uh, there are times in this movie where Debicki is towering over these men and I love yeah. it. Uh, and it's, it's just, it's, it's great. So I really like that. Not to mention her performance is really believable, really beautiful. What did you think about those three performances, uh, particularly those three? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to echo everything you said. Uh, John David Washington's doing something pretty interesting here with this character. He is, you know, he's us in in the sense that he's experiencing this world for the first time, just like we are, but he's also bringing a lot of knowledge from his past job into it. That still makes him a fascinating character to want to know more about. I really liked uh, the way he was uh, focused and determined. And he had a, he had one goal, you know, he, he's a a singular, you know, I'm going to get this done no matter what the cost. Uh, Robert Pattinson. uh, Yeah. He's, he's just so charming. You know, you can't not love the guy. But I'm going to say what you said, Elizabeth DeBecky. I think she's giving probably what I would say is the second best performance in this movie. Oh, I'm so I'm so excited for you to say that because uh, to me that indicates you're going to say uh, that Kenneth Branagh has the best performance in the movie. Hands down. I it's, love that you're saying crazy. that. It's crazy. It's crazy good. Uh, listen, because it's interesting. There's a lot of scenery chewing that he's doing and anytime you chew scenery anytime you really go for it as a villain that is risky and i don't think it worked for some people i've heard in the internet ethers really that that a lot of people are thinking it's a little too over the top of a performance uh i totally disagree and i'm i'm glad that we're kind of on the same page of this i think it really works i found him believable i always find his villains to be understated in a way that feels uh treacherous and traumatic but also feels like there's something driving them i don't know i can't even explain to you what it is because it's not like the movie itself is giving him it's just the fact that he's so theatrical you know he comes from that theater background that i think that that classic sense of the villain and like you said whenever you push you know to like really bring a villain you know to try and really make them you know, the truest evil that you could possibly, it's risky. 
But I think yeah. that he's a talented enough actor, and I think Nolan is, told him, like, hey, don't hold anything back. Just go for it, because I know you can do it. And he, he did it, man. I I loved Kenneth Branagh in this so much. I really enjoyed him as well. I Like I was saying, I, there's something about his performance that even though the movie isn't giving him a ton of backstory or doing like flashbacks to inform his motives or, or those kind of things that there's something about his performance that you believe he has a reason to be doing what he's doing. You just, you, you believe it, you believe him and that he is, you know, doing these things because of his, you know, um, uh, his predilections or, or reasons that maybe we don't know. Uh, now, granted, there is some backstory that the movie does give him, but it's not motivational backstory. It's structural backstory. It's plot backstory. Yeah. Um, so I do want to make that dis- distinction because I, I, I can hear the Internet comments now <laughs> saying, wait, they do have a flashback. Yes, I know there is a yeah. there is a Kenneth Branagh flashback, but it's not about uh, necessarily his inner motivations. It's it's more plot based. And. But I believe those motivations are there just because I really believe that performance. So, um, so good. I'm, I'm glad you felt this, the same way. Yeah. And I, <clears throat> I think that it's his performance uh, that allows DeBecky to, like, you really sympathize with this character. And she's still able to, you know, yes, she's a victim in a lot of what's going on. I'm trying to, you know, go around spoilers and stuff. Sure. Like that. No, I get it. I but, get it. Uh, uh, she's a victim in a lot of this, but at the same time, you feel a strength within her that is like, oh, yeah. If if he was the monster that he is, you know, then she would be just the most powerful, you know, person in the movie. You know, mm-hmm. like just from a just from like a presence, you know, like she just carries herself so tall, and you know, but just whenever she's around him, you know. What uh, what other things do you want to talk about? Uh, we kind of uh, mentioned the action. I at least mentioned one moment. I will say the action throughout the entire movie was captivating to me. There are yeah. three or four, maybe five, I think four set pieces that are <laughs> they're just mind blowing. And that last yeah. piece is, you know, that last set piece is going to be. I'm, I'm going to watch that. I don't know a hundred times in the next yeah. few years. Like it's just I, I want to know. I want to understand it. I don't yet. Yeah. But I want to, and I feel like it's going to be rewarding to actually understand it uh, down the line. On a scale sense, yes, that's the one that I always go back to. Like oh, like oh, that's like you got to show that to somebody that or a scene from the movie. But honestly, there's a fight scene in this movie that I would say rivals. Even the Inception Joseph Gordon-Levitt fight scene, sure, in the twisting hallway. Mm-hmm. I think there's a fight scene here with uh, John David Washington uh, that I I don't know how they did it. I literally I've been even the second time going around the second time for that fight scene. Yes, I was still trying to enjoy it, but I was trying to figure out how they did it. <laughs> I still can't figure out how they did it. I don't know how they did it. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I have sneaking sus- suspicions on how they had to have done it, but no, I I was enveloped in it enough that uh, I haven't that I I'm sure I say the same thing. I, I'm not sure how they did it either. Uh, each of those moments are spectacular to me, so I think it delivers on action as well. Um, we we mentioned the soundtrack, which is always great with Nolan yeah. stuff. Uh, again, it's bombastic, and it's part of the reason the dialogue is hard, hard to understand sometimes. Yeah. Um. Everybody's wearing masks because of 
apparently that's a you know a thing that uh that nolan maybe nolan predicted the pandemic who knows that's maybe yeah. that's why everybody wears masks in his movies uh <laughs> so that makes the 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 dialogue harder to understand to parse but uh but the sound design the sound design is compelling even if it's not uh cl- clarifying and i yeah. think i think maybe that's what nolan prefers um, and I think yeah, I disagree because... with him. I think I disagree with him. I, I think I would prefer clarity uh, because I think you still get the interesting things going on and the clarity allows you, I think, to experience the world better. But I just don't think he prioritizes it. I don't think it's important to him. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to disagree with you on that front. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Clarity is something just because there's so much confusing about this movie. You want one thing to make sense. Yeah. Uh, but I, I like I like what he he did here because I know what he's trying to do. He's trying to go for, quote unquote, a more realistic sense for sound and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, uh, it, sometimes it makes you go, wait, well, I don't I don't understand. Wait, what? Wait. I'm going to have to watch this like four or five times just to not even for sound effects, even for like a dialogue. You're like, wait, what? I'm going to have to watch this like four or five times just to try and figure out what's going on. Yeah. Uh, Anything else you wanted to mention, Andrew? Obviously, no post credit scene. No post credit scene. We will obviously be doing a SIF spoil on this. Uh, It will be in your podcast feed. Uh, again, if you do not subscribe to Sif Pop, if you're watching the the live show, uh, that is just S I F T P O P. Just search for that in whatever podcast player you use, and uh, the spoilers will be there. We've been talking about doing spoilers uh, for the live show. If we do, we will do them in a separate live stream uh, that will have spoilers in the title uh, because we don't want anybody to click on a Sif Pop uh, show live show not knowing that they may be getting spoiled, you know, spoiled on something. So, um, but for today, if you want to hear the tenant spoilers, uh, they will be, uh, a separate part of your Sif pop podcast feed. Um, yeah, I don't really have anything else to say either. Uh, so I think that about covers tenant for us. Uh, you ready to move on to Milan? Yeah, let's do let's it. Let's do it. Citizens, we are under attack from Northern invaders. Their leader calls himself Ori Khan. Fights alongside a witch. No survivors. By edict of his imperial majesty, every family must contribute one man to fight. Have you no son? I am blessed with two daughters. Loyal, brave, and true. It is my duty to protect my family. When the Emperor of China issues a decree that one man per family must serve in the Imperial Army to defend the country from northern invaders, Hua Mulan, the eldest daughter of an honored warrior, steps in to take the place of her ailing father. A very, very similar plot to the Disney animated film Mulan. Uh, So imagine that. It's a very, very similar plot. Although... Uh, I'd say this one is more different than most of the Disney live action remakes. Uh, you know, it yeah. stri- strips out all of the uh, actual musical singing in the movie, although it doesn't strip out all of those musical themes. They are throughout the score, which which I did appreciate. Uh, and a lot of the comedy is stripped away. You know, you don't have Eddie Murphy. You don't have Mushu. You don't have that, that type of stuff. And amps up the drama. 
tries to make it feel re- more real, more authentic. What did you think, Andrew? Did you uh, like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? <sighs> uh, I'm going to go with a solid did not like it. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the solid did not like it. Okay, so that means close to hated it. No, close to really didn't like it more. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, I am going to go with a liked it. Just a just a real simple liked it. I had a good time with this movie. Um, it was um what I expected it to be, and I enjoyed seeing this story I know from the animated film in a different version. So so yeah, I I enjoyed it. I liked it. Um. Why don't we start with uh, with kind of your general thoughts, Andrew? What what are some of your general thoughts coming out of it that kind of made you land where you landed? Uh, there's a throwaway line in this movie. Uh, if you remember from the animated film where Mulan is getting ready to go and see the matchmaker, you know, she's getting mm-hmm. the makeup on and stuff like that. And she's walking with her sister to the matchmaker and she says to her sister... Uh, I can't. I do. I can't show any emotions. Like this is my sad face. This is my confused face. This is my happy face. And they're all the same face. I didn't know that that was foreshadowing for the entire movie for every single character, <laughs> where nobody was going to show any emotion whatsoever. Like I got nothing from anybody. No emotion whatsoever. Everybody was just deadpan. Like, and I know they're trying to go for a more serious, but. People have emotion in serious films, you know, and do you think part of that might be cultural, though? Do you think the part of the the and I I don't know. So please excuse me for speaking out of term, uh, but or out of turn. But I I think there is something about Asian culture that is often you don't let your emotions show. It's it's more reserved. There's uh, there's like a, a more. Uh, honorable way than to be bombastic like we Americans love to be. Uh, So I think there may be a little East versus West kind of in that. And I think that the movie was probably, again, I don't know for sure, but trying to be authentic to the culture in that way. Um, But I understand what you're saying. I I get, you know, we, we want a little more uh, oomph in the acting a lot of times. Yeah. But it's not necessarily uh, something that, that impacted me quite a bit. What else? What else were some of your thoughts? Uh, I uh, I was wanting, if they were going to be a more action-oriented film, like more seriously action-driving, I was uh, wanting it to be a better action. Because I don't think the movie under or did a really good job of choosing what style of action movie they wanted to do. If they wanted to do crazy CGI awesomeness, or if they wanted to do, you know, the traditional wire work, you know, that you see in a lot of uh, Chinese films. Uh, they just threw in a whole bunch of different styles for action instead of just honing in on one really good one. The entire time I was watching this movie, I'm like, man, if they did a wire work movie like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, but like in Mulan, like the Mulan story, that movie would be amazing. I mean, but didn't they do some like, of that, though? Didn't they do yeah, some but of that? Yeah, that's my point. That's my point. They only have, like, one or two moments where they're doing that, and I'm like, ah, yeah, you really, you could have done a better job, you know, and I would have... So let, let me understand uh, Let me understand uh, what's bothering you. Is it more that it was inconsistent with the type of action that it wanted to do, or is it just that you wanted more of that uh, fantastical wire work stuff, and there wasn't enough for you? Do you understand the difference? No, no. Like. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the inconsistency okay. of which one they want if they wanted to do. If they would have chosen, you know, only to do wire work, or if they would have chosen only to do, you know, like the uh, the cool uh, high frame rate uh, fight scenes, you know, with some really cool CGI and stuff like that. Yeah, I would have been down for if they would have just decided. Then mm. I would have been like, okay, I can get behind it. But once they keep uh, switching back and forth, I'm like, okay, so which part is the ridiculous part or are they both ridiculous because i can't decide which one is the right one <laughs> what do you mean by but, ridiculous uh, what do you when you say that what do you mean um which part is okay, the ridiculous so, part <clears throat> so if you're doing like high action realism okay. like uh, realistic fights and stuff like that okay and then all of a sudden you throw in wire work the wire work looks silly because oh, because because then it feels it feels inauthentic to the authentic action that you're shooting before. Yes. is what you're saying. Okay. Yes, and then you have scenes where if they would have done like the wire worker, you know, any like fantastical, stylistic, you know, fighting choreography, anything like that, that uh, that in turn makes the rest of the CGI look like it's a. Well, I guess the movie doesn't want to be as. Uh, Beautiful is not the right word, but I think that if you like look at movies like Hero or Crouching Tiger or, you know, House of Flying Daggers or any, any of those, there's a beauty to the choreography. You know, it just it evokes so much emotion because there's that's what the, those fight scenes are doing. They're trying to tell you something. So when you have those wirework scenes in this movie that are like, okay, that could be beautiful or that could be stunning or anything like that. But then you cut to like tense action scene. It takes away from the artistic beauty of that scene before it. So I'm just saying personally for me, if they would have sure. decided to do one or the other, instead of just trying to combine the two, then I would have, I would have preferred that. Okay. Uh, that's, that's a fair point. It's not, again, not something that occurred to me and not something that impacted my viewing experience. Uh, so that makes a lot of sense and why we're so different. The, the two things that seem to, uh, and maybe there's more and we can get there, but the two things so far that you've talked about that negatively impacted you just weren't things that I even noticed. Like I, I didn't notice that inconsistency. I think for my brain, I thought that had to do with the characters themselves. And, uh, I think the, the movie talks about how they use their chi. And the yeah. characters that are more in touch with their chi were able to do some more of those fantastical things. Yeah. And, so, and that's only a couple characters, right? That's only, uh, well, it's it's two characters and then like a, a small army that, that is able yeah. to do that kind of stuff. Um, and by small Which, army, I mean like that, half a that dozen part, people. That's actually my biggest con with the movie. Is is that army? Is that small army? No, the, the chi element of it. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... So again, not something that really occurred to me as a, as a negative, but uh, but I will let you expound on that. But I did want I did want to finish my thought, which is so for me, I'm watching the act, action, and when you know, Mulan uh, does something spectacular, it's it's not that it's out of place; it's just that she's had to hide it for so long, and now she's finally in a place where she can kind of let it go, and so she's still nervous about it, and so. You know, those fantastical moments, I actually really dug. I really liked uh, those moments where she was able to kick a spear or whatever the case may be uh, because she was able to be more in touch with, you know, what made um, her strong, what made her powerful. So what what is it with the, the, the chi that, that you didn't enjoy? I could be totally wrong on this. It's just my personal opinion. 
So take that however you want to. I think that the, the chi element of this movie does a disservice to Mulan. Because for me, the entire story of Mulan is how women or this woman was able to walk amongst, you know, an army of men and not only being equal to them, but also, you know, in other areas. What? Lead them. She she was a leader. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. But not only be an equal, but also be a leader to them, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I think if you introduce this element of chi as this supernatural power, does it not negate or take away from the what the story is trying to say that uh, the only reason why she as a woman is able to do the things she's doing is because she has this superpower chi? Isn't the movie trying to tell me that just it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, you can still be brave and fight and be mm-hmm. powerful and stuff. Yeah. But she needs a but she needs the superpower to be on a level playing field. But it's not so. Again, pardon us for speaking from ignorance because I haven't really studied it. But she is not a superpower. It's not something only some well, people uh, have. From what it's, from what I'm seeing, what she is doing in this movie. It's a super. It's a superpower. No, no, no. It, it it allows people in this movie to do powerful things. What I'm the distinct the distinction I'm trying to make is I don't believe it is something only a few people special people have. I believe it is something that you can be more or less in touch with. And what I took from this movie, especially with her conversations with her father at the beginning, is women are not allowed to be in touch with their chi. They are not allowed yeah. to explore what that means um, and to to use that in a leadership way. Men are, and so if. So it's not that that what she is doing is unknown or unseen. It's just women aren't allowed to do that. So I do think the movie is still operating in the same themes. Uh, I think it's just with more of an emphasis on here is one of the ways that the women of this movie in this culture are suppressed is that they are not allowed to show their true um, abilities, their true power. That's that's not for women. That's for men. That's for, because you know they're the ones that that go to war. So, um, so yeah, I I think that for me, I think that works just fine. I didn't I didn't see it as diluting the overall theme and message of Mulan. I think that's all still pretty strong there. Yeah. So yeah. Um, uh, producer Phil chiming in says uh, Aaron wanted Let It Go to be sung in this movie. No, Phil. No, it's not. It's you know, it's not that. I didn't didn't want to let it go to be sung in the movie. Uh, speaking of that, how did you feel? I was really upset that uh, "Make a Man Out of You" wasn't. Like I the, was. Uh, gonna, that's exactly what I was going to ask. Is if you missed uh, "Make a Man Out of You," I know that's one of your favorites. It's one of my favorite Disney songs, man. As soon as I, because I, I in the rest of the movie they did the, the whole, you know, like uh, uh, was it uh, my reflection? Mm-hmm. When yeah. will my reflection? Yeah, yeah, they did the. Uh, the orchestral, you know, without, you know, the, the singing, but it was, it was in the background, you know, mm-hmm. but I was hoping like during the, uh, the training montage, I like just, da, 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 da. I, like I was hoping for that, <laughs> but I didn't get it. And I was like, Oh man, wasted opportunity. <laughs> yeah. I think I, oh, it- I need to say this just so people know the animated Mulan is one of my favorite Disney movies. Yeah. I love that movie. I think that's worth mentioning. Um, yeah, that's that is that is high on your list of Disney animated films. So yeah, uh, that that may filter into some things as well. Uh, I yeah, I I think it's not a surprise that I liked it more than you. Because uh, do you have any negatives? Oh yes. Oh, most certainly, I have things uh, about this movie that bring it down from uh, a loved it to a liked it. 
Uh, I found this movie not necessarily because of the performances, but just because of the transition from my expectation of the animated Mulan to this. I felt an overall mutedness to this movie that uh, that that I. This is maybe too strong of uh, a way to say it, but but I got bored. I just I was bored through some of it, and it was mm. just like uh, I found the action really fun. I I found the the character work just fine, but the plot and the progress itself didn't. It seemed jumpy enough that it, it was like it would start and stop for me, and so I just I had these moments, these stretches where I was like waiting, you know, kind of that twiddling your thumbs kind of thing that you'll feel. And so I just, I I don't know if that's pacing. I don't know if that's my mood. Um, I don't know if that's because uh, I watched it at home, you know, because all of those things can, can have an impact on how you watch a movie. Um, But yeah, I found myself reaching for my phone uh, because I was at home and it's like, no, 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 watch the movie, Aaron. You're supposed to be watching the movie. And so that happened a few times and I think that's a negative and I don't know what you do to combat that other than uh, tighten it up a little bit, uh, give a little more uh, character work in those in-between moments. I think what was supposed to happen for that was we were supposed to um, we were supposed to be more invested in the what is the the um, the the female villain uh, uh, oh, the witch Jingjing uh, Jingling yeah um, I, I I loved that I just it wasn't. There was something about it that it just it existed when it existed, but I wasn't it, it didn't permeate the movie the way I think the movie wanted it to. And yeah. so I, I wasn't compelled to be thinking about that. I think maybe it's just it's really simple. And that's okay, but I think it's just maybe really simple. I just think there's this thing going on where you have two strong females who are taking a different approach to a culture that is telling them not to be strong females, right? It's, yeah. a, it's a fairly it's a great thing it's a great concept it's just a fairly simple concept and so i wasn't compelled to keep thinking about that and so when they would be on screen together it would mean something to me but it didn't mean anything to me when they weren't um i hope i yeah. explained that okay so no no yeah. i totally get it and and that in turn makes jason scott lee a less of a villain because yes, yes. and i like jason scott lee i think he's a great actor and and i was watching this going like oh so you're just misogynistic and and evil right okay like they keep they keep trying to throw out uh, the reason why he's doing what he's doing and i'm like i'm not buying it i'm not buying it you know yeah um the other thing i would mention on the pro side is i i I do think this movie is beautiful uh pretty much from start to finish i i thought some of the shot selection and the framing and uh some of the movement of the camera i i really enjoyed the visual aspect of this movie um I'm really glad it seems like that is just a normal thing now. Uh, cinematographers get it. Movies get it. They're just, movies are gorgeous and I love it. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just so fun. There's, you know, there's this beautiful moment. It's not much of a spoiler. And I don't know that we'll do a Sif spoil on this um, because obviously it's, you know, pr- you're pretty well known. The animated movie's you, been out there a while. If you've seen the animated movie, yeah. yeah. Um, although the way this movie handles some of those transitions of the animated film or, you know, something worth experiencing. But yeah. um, oh, I lost I lost my uh, I lost my thought. What was I talking about? Because um, I got distracted. <clears throat> Andrew, do you remember what I was talking about? Oh, don't don't ask me, man. I have a goldfish <laughs> memory. Uh, we were talking about uh, one last thing. You said that 
before we the moved visuals. on, you wanted to talk. You were talking about the beauty of this movie. How cinematic. Oh yeah, there's one. There's. I was talking. That it may have been a spoiler, but it's not really much of a spoiler. But there's this one moment where. Um, you know, Milan has this, um, let's, let's just say this is wrong, but let's just say a pet. Milan has a pet in this movie. It's a very symbolic, uh, uh, tag along, uh, in this it's movie. Gorgeous. And it is spectacular. This moment where almost the, the two kind of become one for a second visually. Yeah. And it's just, it's a, it's I'll call a, it a Game of Thrones moment. It, yeah. It's a really powerful, beautiful thing. And so I did want to give the, give the movie props, uh, overall visually. Uh, I think, yeah. That, that it's good. Um, all right. I think we're good. Unless you have anything else uh, you wanted to mention, Andrew? No post credit scene. Well, that'll do it. Uh, all right. Before we head on to the best ever challenge, just a reminder that Sif Pop is a thing because amazing people just like you support it uh, at Patreon. Patreon.com slash Sift Pop. Uh, it's the reason the video show can exist. Uh, it's the reason the, the website can keep producing content. Um, so the articles and the best ever challenges as they, as they happen at sifpop.com are a direct result of amazing people who say, you know what, I've got $3 a month that I can help you guys see movies and do the, get the equipment you need and do the things you need to do. So if you want to support what goes on here, both at the podcast, the website, uh, we appreciate you. Lots of interesting things going on. Uh, some updates coming for our Sif Pop members. S- support starts at three bucks a month. There's different levels, different kind of fun stuff we do for the different levels of support. Uh, you can go check that out at Patreon. Patreon.com slash Sift Pop. S-I-F-T-P-O-P. All right, let's get on to the best ever challenge, Andrew. Um, let's do it. We are doing best ever movies that start and end with the same letter. Now, we are doing this at the website as well. That article is already up at sifpop.com. Our amazing sifpop writers have picked their choices. I will say they had more choices because they included they get the, 10. They well, they do they did do 10. They always do 10, but I mean, we allowed them to use the word the at the beginning. But here on the podcast, no. we are disallowing articles uh it it has to be first letter last letter without the word the uh at the beginning so um and well basically, I, basically the way i took that is if there's a word in the title that is the i just moved on to the next letter is that okay. not where you went no 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 that's fine i i will accept okay. that that would have added a few to mine probably but i i went with just but no i think that's an acceptable way to look at it i i have no problem with that that's just not what i did i think there are so many choices um, that I just I went with completely oh. devoid of starting with the word the. I have a list of uh, <laughs> of honorable mentions here. <laughs> yeah. uh, see if uh, you can guess some of ours in the chat. I would love to see some of your choices. Uh, movies that start with the uh, and end with the same letter in honor, of course, of the palindromic tenant. Uh, so let's start at number five. We'll work our way up to number one, Andrew. Um, yep. What do you got first? What's your number five? Well, mine is going to take us to L.A. inside the Nakatomi Plaza. Uh, I'm going to go with Die Hard. Die Hard's a great choice. It's in my honorable mention. Oh, man, I love this movie. John, John McClane. I mean, it, it, it's it's is, is Hans Gruber one of the greatest villains ever? Yes. The correct answer is yes. <laughs> this, yes. That is, yes, objectively. Yeah. yeah. No, Alan Rickman is great in it, and I, I love... I love John McClane. He's a great, 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 uh, great hero. And then the the dynamic of uh, McClane and uh, Reginald Val Johnson's character, you know, just uh, the 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 two cops who just understand each other. You know, it's 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 a great action movie. I love it. Yeah, 
Uh, good choice, good choice. Definitely in my honorable mentions. Um, number five. My number five is one I don't know that a lot of people would have had on their list, but uh, this is a movie I really liked when it came out, uh, despite a lot, a lot of people not enjoying it. Uh, and I have loved more every single time I've watched it. It is now one of my favorites. Uh, it is Ad Astra uh, comes in at my number five. Um, I This is one of those movies for me that the more I watch it, the more I... Like we talked about earlier, the more I zone in. Oh, the bad in, Brad Pitt movie, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, the, the good Brad Pitt movie. Andrew, what are you talking about? Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> I, I tune in more and more to how beautiful this allegory is, how beautiful this metaphor is, um, and this this idea of a movie that is really kind of about the search for God and who God is in your life uh, under the auspices of this Brad Pitt astronaut character who's trying to find his dad who is in the outer reaches of space. Um, man, it is just, it is a really tightly woven and intricate metaphor. And I pick up new things every time I watch it. And it just, for somebody who loves to think philosophically about ideas of religion, creation, mystery, all those things, um, it is, it's right up my alley. So Ad Astra is, continues to increase in my mind and is in at my number five. Uh, what's Good your number you. four? I'm going to go with, this is one of my, the movies. Okay. Just so clear. The silence of the lambs. Good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think what else can be said about this movie? Uh, Hannibal Lecter, one of the greatest villains of all time. Jodie Foster, Clarice Starling, one of the greatest heroes of all time. Uh, you got Ted Levine playing, you know, Buffalo Bill, super creepy, super great. Uh, yeah, this movie, uh, none of the, uh, the Lecter movies are for the faint of heart. You got to go in with a pretty strong stomach to, uh, to able to, uh, watch them, I think, but <laughs> yeah. they're great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Science of the Lambs is an incredible film. Just an incredible film. Um, yeah. that is, uh, uh, an S movie and we now enter a streak of four in a row for me. All of all the rest of my lists are all S movies, uh, which, you know, oh. you would expect, I, I mean, it's one of those things where a lot of the choices are because plural words ended in an S and so all it yeah. has to do is begin in an S and you're all, you're good to go. You know, um, I didn't think you'd have Starship Troopers this high up. But okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who who would have guessed it? Uh, starting with it, number four is where I have sneakers, uh, which we've talked about many times before. One of my favorite. Uh, that's the if I remember. Yeah, let me know if it's the one I'm thinking about. Uh, well, you're going to have to tell me the one you're thinking about. But this is the Robert Redford, uh, Dan Aykroyd, uh, River Phoenix is in this. Uh, it's really a, like a spy kind of thing where these guys are trying to figure out and there's oh no there's also i also love talking about this in conjunction with a nolan movie because there is code breaking in this movie and interesting ways of playing with words and anagrams and those kind of things that happen in sneakers so uh it tweaks that part of my brain as well but i always have a fun time watching this one so i thought i would mention it at number four no what? i was thinking of sleepers not sneakers ah yes okay. yes Close no enough. that's my that's my number one. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, what's your number three, right? Yep. I'm going to go Goodwill Hunting. Good choice in my honorable mentions. Probably my first honorable mention. Yeah. Uh, it's great. Robin Williams given probably one of the best performances of his entire career. Uh, it's powerful. Uh, as a janitor, it made me wonder at one time if I was really good at math and I just didn't know it. Uh, 
The answer is no. Yes. Turns no, out. that is definitely something that's connected to your vocation. That is uh, yeah. down the line. Yeah. Janitors realize that they are actu- actually genius mathematicians. So yes. uh, you, you, if, even if you haven't discovered it yet, Andrew, you, you'll discover it at some point. Oh, good. I know <laughs> it's on the horizon and I have something to look forward to. Good. Yeah. 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 Um, but no, uh, great performances. Uh, the fact that, you know, that Matt Damon and uh, Ben Affleck did what they did to get this movie made. And they somehow got Robin Williams in it because yeah. they weren't anybody before this movie. They weren't anybody. Well, let's and be fair. They, they were still human beings who are valued and, and worthwhile just for being human beings, right? Like, <laughs> that's nothing. No, but uh, the fact that they pulled it off and that they won some Oscars, well-deserved Oscars. Good for them. Yeah. Great movie. Great movie. Yeah. It's just, it's one of those fun, you know, stories that you don't often get to hear of that kind of out of nowhere couple guys write a screenplay. I And honestly, we probably yeah. make it more out of nowhere than it actually is. They both had careers before that movie. They were already yeah, but acting and, and doing that kind of stuff. But it, I don't think before this movie they were, you know, as well known as they were after well, this movie. No, they definitely weren't household names for sure. Yeah. But um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a fun story and and the movie's great beyond everything else. Yeah. The movie's just great. Oh, it's powerful. Uh, speaking, the, it, the, it's not your fault scene gets me every time. Speaking of powerful movies, uh, the powerful movie of how a bunch of kids in Germany defeated Nazism with swing dancing. Swing kids in at number three for me. Uh, for the best ever challenge, any chance I get to mention Batman swing dancing, I will mention it. Uh, this movie <laughs> is amazing. Uh, if for uh, no other reason, I will keep mentioning it. So maybe we'll get a, even a Blu-ray of it someday. This movie does not exist in high definition yet, uh, and that is that is frustrating to me on multiple levels. So uh, one of my favorites uh, came out right at the right time for me to love it, and I certainly do. So Swing Kids, Robert Sean Leonard, uh, Leonard Christian Bale. And uh, many others you might know. So <laughs> Christian Bale really loved his uh, musicals back then, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. In the chat, Danae says, Dear God, Aaron, we are not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Uh, all right, what do you got at your number two? Uh, I'm going to go, this is my second and last of the movie. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with The Departed. Yeah. I know you're not really a fan of this movie. I'm not. But, uh, yeah. Um. I think that this is Jack Nicholson's best performance of of his entire career, even greater than uh, A Few Good Men. Uh, And speaking of Matt Damon, great performance. But really, it comes down to what I think is DiCaprio and uh, Jack Nicholson just giving those performances. And like, I know he's doing the Whitey Bulger character and... uh, Okay, I take that back. I take that back because you got to throw Mark Wahlberg in there because I love Mark Wahlberg's character so much in this. And Baldwin, I think just right? Across, huh? And Baldwin too, right? And, and Baldwin's, Baldwin's in this too. Yeah, yeah, Baldwin's great. I think oh, across the board, Fomkin Jensen. Yeah, everybody's great in this movie. But uh, but for me, it's the uh, those three: Wahlberg, uh, Jack Nicholson, and uh, Dica- or yeah, DiCaprio. Uh, I had not seen Infernal Affairs before I saw this movie, so. I was uh, just utterly shocked when everything went down in this movie. Like, oh, I did not see any of this coming. Uh, Between the two, I do think that The Departed is a better movie than Infernal Affairs. But, uh, yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, So we're on to my number two then. 
Yep. Uh, my number two uh, is Signs. Uh, That's Night my Shyam- first honorable mention, so yeah. Yeah, number two is Signs for me. Again, another movie that that uh, has themes of religion and mystery and God and those kind of things wrapped up in an alien movie by uh, a director that it, at the time was absolutely slaying the Hitchcock Hitchcock vibe and figuring out how to make fun, twisty stories. And I believe Signs is one. Um, for many people, Signs is, I think, his last great movie. I completely disagree. I, I really love three movies after that from him. Um, uh, I think that... Uh, um, is it Unbreakable? Not, yeah. Unbreakable no, was before that. Yeah, Unbreakable yeah. was his second. Uh, but yeah... So I think I think it went Six Sense, Unbreakable Signs, and then I think it went The Village, and I think The Village is where a lot of people started getting off of the ship, and then Lady in the Water, and so that kind of thing. So, but anyhow, uh, Signs is great. Give it a chance, even if you aren't an M Night fan. I think you'll uh, enjoy it. River or not River Phoenix, excuse me, Joaquin Phoenix in this yeah. is just astonishing in some of some of his stuff. So there you go. Yeah, I think the only good movie uh, Shyamalan has made since then was Split. I didn't like Glass. Uh, and I didn't, what was the, uh, what'd you say the one that he did before Split was? The one with the grandparents? Uh, oh, yeah. Um, I forget what it's called, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I, I hear that one's good. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, it's all right. I thought we saw that together and reviewed it. Why am I thinking? Yeah. I thought, that's interesting. Not me, said the rabbit. <laughs> well, must have yeah. been, must have been, must have been a different Andrew. Uh, yeah. all right. What we're on to, uh, my number you, one. Your number one. Yeah. Uh, no Country for Old Men. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good choice. It's in my honorable uh, mentions. Top five greatest movies of all time. It, Javier Bardem. <sighs> what else needs to be said? <laughs> Just yeah. the name. Just the name. Yeah. The, uh, the, uh, what I consider, uh, what's the most you've ever lost on a coin toss in the gas station scene? I think that for me, that is the most tense, like tense inducing scene of any movie I can think of. I, yeah. I, 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 when I wrote this down, I'm like, I can't, I racked my brain. I'm like, I can't think of any other movie where I was so nervous and like just uncomfortable with what was happening as yeah. that scene. And it's just two guys talking. Oh, he's terrifying in that movie. Yeah. Utterly terrifying. Yeah. No Country for Old Men is, uh, is great. It's, it's definitely, definitely one worth watching. Um, yeah. My first is one that you may have not had on your list because it went through a title change after its release, or maybe you just didn't have it that high. Uh, but my number one is Star Wars. Um, I had yeah, Star why. Wars. Uh, it's technically now Star Wars A New Hope, but it wasn't always. Yeah. When it came out in 77, uh, uh, yeah. it was just called Star Wars, and so I decided to go ahead and count it. And I don't know that there's anything left to be said about Star Wars that hasn't been said yeah. a million different ways a million different times yeah. and with a million different emotions because <laughs> apparently it is it is a, a movie that, that people are such huge fans of that they uh, they get really emotional about it. But uh, man, yeah. that original uh, changed movies. It is a seismic movie. We talk about those sometimes. Movies that act, act, actually change all of moviedom and Star Wars is one of those movies. Uh, and you can still see it reverberating through a uh, film today. Uh, so, yep, had to mention Star Wars. Yeah, uh, let's go to yeah, the, that's o- the only reason I didn't have it on my list is because I just took that as like a, a title. And then there was like the subtitle, you know, like A New Hope or yeah. Empire Strikes Back. But yeah. if I did, yeah, it probably would be my number one. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, let's go to the honorable mentions. I will let our uh, chat lead the way with one I didn't even think of that you might have and have uh, uh, had in your honorable mentions. Um, they said, Jay said, I don't love this movie, but I do enjoy it. Moonrise Kingdom. Yeah, no, I love Moonrise Kingdom. That's definitely yeah, one. That's that just was on one, my list. That's one I just uh, happened not to think about. So uh, thank you for that. Uh, Lauren says Sideways. Had that in my honorable mentions. That was my number seven. Yep. Um, so, <laughs> yep. Great call there. So, yeah. Um, thank you for, for chiming in with some of those. What are some other ones you had, Andrew? Uh, one Hour Photo. A terrifying Robin Williams movie, but I think it's really good. I had that one as well. Uh, uh, a staple of everybody's cinematic uh, viewing experience, The Breakfast Club. Uh, yeah, yeah. The Emperor's New Groove. Yeah, you're, you're doing those the movies, so I don't have any of those, but yeah. Yeah. Dread. I love Dread so much. <laughs> I oh, did, man, Dread I did not is so have good. Dread. I did not have Dread. Eddie the Eagle. Sure, yeah. I didn't have that one down, but it just because I, just, I didn't think of it. Dazed and Confused. Yeah, I had that one. Uh, Starship Troopers, I mentioned that. Mm-hmm. Eight Mile. Yeah, except I didn't count that one because it's the number eight. But that's oh, just is me. it? That, yeah, that, I, yeah oh. this is just me being silly, but yeah, hey. it, it works if you spell uh, it out. Willow. Yeah, I definitely had Willow. Yeah. Uh, Spaceballs. Mm-hmm, had that as well. Super Troopers. Didn't have that one. That one's all and you. I thought about putting uh, National Lampoon's Vacation, but it kind of did the the Star Wars thing where National Lampoon's isn't really the title of the movie. Right. Yeah. So. No, that's a, that's a good choice, though. It's a good choice. Um, unmentioned in the, the honorable mentions that I have. And again, if you've got ones that you've thought of, please uh, comment on them. Um, love to know. But L.A. Confidential, uh, I think is oh, worth mentioning. Oh, man. Uh, Spartacus. About that would have made my list. Yeah. Spartacus yeah. uh, is worth mentioning. Hitch is a fun movie. Um, Love and Basketball. Yankee Doodle Dandy. Oh, yeah. uh, Yankee Doodle Dandy is one of my favorite uh, old movies. Um, Legends of the Fall, I mentioned. Enemy of the State. Terms of Endearment. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't mention Face Off. I thought that would maybe oh, yeah. uh, be somewhere in your list. Greatest movie of all time. Greatest movie of all time. Uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Probably worth mentioning. Oh, man, that's a good one. Yeah, and uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Uh, also wanted to mention that one as well. And yeah. uh, uh, host Emeritus Danae chiming in. The Lord of the Rings. I know it doesn't work, but it's always the best. Uh, so fair enough. Well, she's right. Fair enough. She's yeah. right. She's she's always right. We'll, we'll find a way to make it work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll just, we'll just, is there another L even in there? Uh, Lord of the, nope, there's not even an L in there. Two towers. Uh, no, we're going to make it the Slords of the Rings. <laughs> there you go. Slords of the Rings. There you go. Yes. Uh, all right. Let's move on and finish off with our buried treasure, Andrew. What's that one thing in any area of pop culture that you want to make sure people know about? Uh, if you remember from uh, like uh, last month or so, I was kind of on a uh, old like Kurosawa like samurai movie, you know, binge where I was just watching all the old greats, and it got me thinking: Are there any good modern samurai movies out there that I could really recommend to people? And then I remembered there is one, and I rewatched it just to make sure it's good. It's good. I'm gonna go Thirteen Assassins. Okay. All right. Have you seen this one? I if I have I don't remember it. Uh an incredibly violent and like graphically violent movie. So I want to make sure I let people know up front if you are not a fan of that kind of stuff. It de- definitely does go for realism like what a katana does to a person. But uh 
It's kind of a modern take on Seven Samurai, but there's something new about it, and they say it's one of those. Uh, what was the movie we recently watched? Oh, oh yeah, uh, the one and only, or the one and only Ivan, where it says it's based on a true story. Mm-hmm, yeah, <laughs> and you're like, okay, that's that's pretty uh, a loose <laughs> depiction of what based on a true story could it mean. With, I guess starts with talking animals based on a true story. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, appreciate that. Yeah. This is this is better than that, but not much better than that. There's no talking animals, but it it bends history to the will of a good action movie, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. Like uh I think what I'm trying to say is there are historical people in this movie, and that's about as far as they go with like what those people actually did. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But, oh, it's a great movie. I know. I know. It sounds like I'm ragging on it, but it's a very emotional, uh, dark movie. But there's there's a hope to it that kind of like you get with Seven Samurai. I uh, I really recommend this one. I think it's super good. Nice, nice. I'll have to check it out. Uh, I got around to seeing the Apple TV Plus uh, documentary Boys State. Um, this is the story of a Texas version of what is called Boys State. Uh, it's a program that the American Legion does, where at least this version in Texas brings uh, young men, uh, high school-aged uh, boys together, to try to create their own government. And this is a really fascinating watch, because you get a look at all that is good and horrible about teenage boys <laughs> like i shouldn't say all not all that is good and horrible but but the idea that they that many of them are just you know treating this as a game which is understandable because it's not like they're really becoming governor or whatever uh and just so you know how it works they divide into two parties and then those parties nominate different positions that are equivalent to actual state positions like house of representatives um oh, okay. senate a governor those kind of things and pretty much it follows the two uh, the two different parties and their race, uh, their gubernatorial race. And you get to know these different uh, boys. And when I say it's the good and the bad, the good is that uh, some of these kids really do care. And you can see that they're really dealing with the uh, the idea of politics in a two-party system and how that forces you to um, say you believe things maybe you don't believe because you need to get votes and it really forces them to reckon with or could force them to reckon with. Again, not all of them do. In fact, I would say probably a lot of them don't. But the ones who do reckon with this idea of how do you maintain integrity? How do you main core be- maintain core beliefs when you're in a system that rewards uh, unity of belief in party, you know, putting party over yourself, those kind of things. Um, I take away my own stuff from it. Uh, I have uh, political beliefs that I'm not shy about, uh, about the idea that I think the two-party system is broken, and I believe we need uh, reformation within the system itself to uh, quell a lot of the division uh, that we see. Um, so, you know, as I watch it, I'm thinking this is a great example of exactly why a two party system will always result in us versus them. It will always result in division. And it's the kind of system that we have set up. Uh, I do believe there are are ways to change that. 
That is not what this podcast is for. This podcast is for me telling you that Boy State is a really good watch and really well done. And it's one of those things where you do uh, uh, fall in love with the passion of these kids and uh, those kind of things. So um, it's worth a watch. And it's definitely one I, I uh, think you'll have conversations after with uh, with those you watch it with because it, it brings up some thoughts on important stuff and and what we believe. I should also say, because it is Texas, there is definitely a right lean to the politics of most of these boys. Uh, and so there is a lot of, you know, um, vehement stuff about gun, you know, uh, not taking our guns away and, and that kind of stuff, uh, which you would expect in, in Texas, uh, in that culture. So uh, I would just give that as um, a literal trigger warning, I guess. Uh, in, hey. in case you want to know uh, what you're getting into, but uh, but yeah, I, I would recommend Boy State. Uh, unfortunately for many, it is on Apple TV Plus, and I know uh, there are some who don't. But maybe you get Apple TV Plus and you don't even know it uh, because they they give it away for free to anybody who has an Apple product who's bought an Apple product in the last year. Yeah. So um, so you may have when access you, uh, to it without knowing it. When you first started talking about it, I thought you were it was a documentary on the uh, what was it the Stanford Prison Experiment? Do you remember that? Yes, whole thing. Yeah. I yeah, thought I think that's I know what, what it was about. initially when you were talking about, but nope. then you said they became like a representative of some stuff. I'm like, nope, that's not what happened in that horrible study. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Uh, some comments in the, the chat. Uh, some of the boys are pretty despising to watch, but some of them you genuinely like and want to succeed. Yeah, um, that is that is the case. That is a lot of what goes on there. That so. is politics. That is, yeah. It's, I mean, it's humanity in many ways, uh, and it shows itself all sorts of different places uh so that is that is why optimism remains so important and i optimistically say we did it andrew we did Woo! another podcast it has happened another sif pop exists and is in the books uh thanks to you um we appreciate you thanks so much for joining us today for sif pop it is part of the studio dna podcast network you can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or you can search Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out today. Thank you, buddy. Uh, huge thanks to producer Phil for producing the video and audio show. We love you, Phil. Thanks, Phil. Uh, much love and gratitude to our Sif Pop members for giving monthly to make Sif Pop a real thing. I should throw out a, a thanks to Drew, who has done a lot of the graphics that you see in the podcast uh, as well uh, so thank you appreciate that very much yes. sports starts at three bucks a month for our patreon members you get access to every bonus episode as well as some other fun perks uh, find out uh, more at patreon.com slash lots of ways to connect with the podcast feel free to comment rate or leave a review at apple Podcasts. we appreciate that or wherever you listen uh, you can also tweet at us i'm at aaron dicer uh, at sifpop uh, exists as well uh, so you can tweet at both those places or email us at feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like it too. So let them know about it and that listening is much easier than understanding a Christopher Nolan film forwards and backwards. Uh, we will be back next week, um, probably with the Kaufman movie. Uh, I know there's other stuff coming out as well, so we haven't landed completely. But we'll be talking pop culture and movies, and we'll see you then. Okay. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.